Okay. As creative director. Oh yeah, you got to We start. can officially start. Welcome to our podcast, even though no one's listening. Um Yeah, this is episode six? Six. Episode six. Uh we're still talking. Have a of things to talk about. Yep. You've got some controversial stuff to talk about. I know. I mean, it's rel- it's current news. It's current information. Okay. Well, one thing I was going to talk about was my sickness. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> well, I was sick with a cold, which the worst part of it was like the first 36 hours. But what I was going to tell you is <clears throat> the observation of myself during the sickness, especially the first part, because I get um, low-grade fever and headaches um, with colds. So I was, like, so desperate to numb out. It was, like, weird. It was, like, a fr- I was, like, frantic. Because mm-hmm. I have nothing in my apartment that's, like, mind-altering. Like, I had no food to binge on. I had no sugar. I had no nothing. The Anything you could think of. Right. Not even really medication and so the only thing I had was the internet and I was just like obsessively like bouncing from thing to thing to thing to thing trying to it it didn't work but I kept trying still and I was like why did I do that it just made me feel more sick like mentally sick is that well like when I was sick I had I definitely felt more entitled to binge and treat myself, and I think that's normal. I mean, I did almost like, I would say like three ten-hour days. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, like basically non-stop screen time. I don't think I've ever... <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever done that before. I've never been that, like, aggressively whatever. You went to work? No, I didn't. I didn't. I missed two days of work. Okay. What was the three 10-hour days? So it started Sunday night. So it was basically all day Monday, Tuesday, and today, most of today. I mean, it was at least 30 hours. Yeah. It was bad. That was... (laughs) I mean, so then I was judgmental to myself. And also it was... It didn't work. It was not effective. But then I thought, why can't I just sit here? But my... I realized, like, my pain tolerance, my emotional pain tolerance is low. And Mm -hmm. I just couldn't... So it wasn't the fact that I was alone. I wasn't bored. Like, it wasn't intellectually a problem like I don't have that normally and I wasn't in any like really pressing like pain Mm -hmm. but it was just like low grade kind of sickness and I just couldn't I couldn't take it (laughs) so I don't know what to do like what do you do when you're sick do you just sort of distract myself yeah watch 
it's the time to watch um, whatever show I need to catch up on or mm-hmm. just find something. Um, when I was sick this, I guess, a couple weeks ago, it was catch up on some Seinfeld episodes. Yeah. Or not catch up, but watch some Seinfeld. And then uh, it's like finding all the ways that you will actually get enough liquid. So if it's like drinking Gatorade, then do that. I was doing Pedialyte. That was like an upgrade. Really? Yeah. Pedialyte? Uh Uh-huh. So you still get like the electrolytes and everything. And I have an electrolyte mix that Jacob recommended for fasting. Right on. So, um, yeah, it, you know, has the sugar in it too. So it like makes the water taste interesting. Um, so it, it was just like, I needed something when I was just drinking pure water. I wasn't drinking enough, but Mm. if I have tea plus some water plus some Pedialyte plus soup, then it's like, okay, I'm starting to get some fluids in my system. Mm-hmm. Well, just rest I had... as much as you can. Yeah, I just had, like, some kind of, like, mental collapse. Yeah. Did you meditate? Were you able to keep your streak? I did, but that... That first day, the Monday, I only did ten minutes. That's fine. That's what I do most days. But it... I also was so... Like, I could barely do it. Sure. And it it felt like I'd made no progress of mindfulness. Like, I was so... Whatever. I was really... Sometimes you just put in the reps. (laughs) Well, I was was really trying to, like, force dissociation, and I couldn't. (laughs) So I was like, well... Uh, yeah, that's not part of the exercise. I mean, I, yeah, I know. I just <laughs> meant all the other times besides the 10 minutes. I was just surprised at oh, what okay. I did. Like, I was surprised. Like, at, like reflecting today when I was thinking back, I was like, I was just, like out of my mind. But it could also be just like isolation. Like, I didn't. I, you didn't talk so, to people? Not really. So my apartment is the size of a cell um, in solitary confinement. Yeah, I've, I've been over there. Yeah, yeah, so so they say it's about the size of like a king-size bed. And that's basically the main part of my apartment. Okay, yeah. And there's like a, just a smidge of a... Yeah, but that's less than the size of a cell. <laughs> right. So, essentially... <laughs> but somehow it's like... How many square feet? It's 150. Yeah. So how do they get to that number? What are you talking about? Well, the size of a king-size bed. Like in solitary confinement, those cells Yeah. They in the prison, they say, are like the size of a king-size bed. Okay. Okay. So that's... I'm equating that to my apartment because yeah, that's yeah. about the size of a king-size bed. I, I'm saying I don't... Like the 150 square feet... Oh. seems high to me. Oh, in my apartment. Yeah, because there's, like, that entry away, and then there's the king-size bed area, and that's, like, it. Well, the bathroom's kind of big for a bathroom. It's Does bigger bathroom than your... Does bathroom count as square footage? 
How? Why would it not? I thought bathrooms don't count towards square footage. Oh my god! What? <laughs> that could not. That has got to be fake news. That's not living space. There's n- that. There's no way. What? <laughs> we're we're, we're There on is it. no way. Okay. The point is that it's the size of a cell. It's the size of a prison cell. And so, also, I was isolated. I didn't even go outside for the first 48 hours. So, um, I think that had something to do with my mental state. But, like, in that short amount of time, and of course I had full freedom, like, I was not restricted. I was just forcing myself to lay down so that I could rest. Include, look, include is in all caps. Wow. Okay. The more you know. <laughs> um, anyways, so what I was realizing was it was a short amount of time for when I could see my mental state shifting, just being sick and isolated. <laughs> for a few days. Right? That's all I'm saying. It's, uh, it's just a... It's just a a commentary maybe on the prison system are we pretending we didn't hear that track is that I thought, well we've we're in a city with the windows open i don't know yeah. what else all right <laughs> plus we're gonna have to edit out all the times i blow my nose which is like a hundred i'm sure oh yeah we'll we'll make it we'll um, come up with something anyways so that was all I was going to say about being sick. Okay. Do you want to talk about one of your things? Do you have a pressing? Mm-hmm. I don't have something pressing, but I can talk about one of my things. What do you What do you want? Uh, you're the creative director. <laughs> Direct me. I'm I'm just thinking at some point we need to address these the Alabama abortion law. Okay. So you're from Alabama, so uh, this is I your fault (laughs) this is all I've seen (laughs) Uh, this is current news I don't even know what happened why are you stress scratching your face okay (laughs) here's Alabama my home state it's abortion you're forcing me to talk about the like most controversial issue I'm not even going to hate on it all I'm saying is there's a law that they're going to pass where essentially it's going to be it's going to be considered murder by a doctor and prison time for the mom if you have abortions without the rare occurrence of the rape incest uh, so at any point like I think it's I think it's like less than 6 weeks or maybe zero it it may be it may be like a no tolerance thing Except they are making the exception for if the mother is at risk of dying, like critical health, incest, rape, which are, my understanding, are rare occurrences in general for abortion circumstances. Um, So, also your governor is a woman, which is interesting that she's pioneering this. I'm a resident of the state of Washington. (laughs) 
your friend, the governor. <laughs> um, anyways, so <clears throat> I just think so. Inter- I was listening to conservative commentary earlier about who who were for the bill, and it seems like a lot of people's issue with Roe v. Wade is like that the government shouldn't be telling states what to do that states should be deciding their abortion laws which is how it was originally right and we'll have to get into the state whatever states issues thing i'm skeptical sorry okay so all i'm saying is (laughs) that's that's part of what they feel like would be a reasonable like next step they're saying that the federal government, it's not in the Constitution. It's not their right to decide. And because of that, then it should be decided by states. That's all. I'm just... Okay. Okay. So, they're also upset by the way that people on the left, like the jargon people use, like they're not calling it murder. You know, they're using like other nicer words like reproductive rights or choice or whatever Mm -hmm. so it's like okay so let's say it's murder let's say conception is like the second the sperm hits the egg or whatever okay so if i'm if i'm talking to someone this is my hypothetical conversation okay let's just let's agree like conception is immediately um that it's murder we can use that word right Okay. Abortion is murder. So, also, <laughs> the data. So, there have been 50 million abortions in the U.S. since Roe v. Wade, which was in 1973. That's like, so our average is a million a year, which is really high. I didn't know it was that high. I thought it was higher. I, I think a million feels high. Um, a million a year. How many, I remember something close to like a third of like the abortions. This is a stat we can look up. Um, uh, The ratio of abortions to um, To number of childbirths. Yeah. And I I remember something about this in college. I feel like it was a third. but I I think it's like 3 million births, 1 million abortion or something. It might be, yeah. Something like that. It's it's pretty high. That feels like that was a high number. I didn't realize. I yeah. I didn't have an expectation. Well, this is something that happens when you go to a public university in the state of Alabama. As, well, I went in Kentucky. Have... I was in Kentucky. Okay, so I had there was you know something where they like put up a bunch of tombstones on the campus or yeah. whatever. Um, we do you have a lot of those um, like billboards on sure. the on the highway? Sure. Yeah, we have a lot of those, too. Um, Yeah, so anyways, okay, so let's agree about conception. We can call it murder. We can agree on the data that it's like... Well, so we're hypothetically agreeing. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, to have this hypothetical conversation, if if someone were here to talk to. So my question is, like, okay, so that's like a million let's just say we stop abortion right now so that's going to be a million let's just call it what it is unwanted Mm -hmm. kids being born 
And I think the number main reason, the number one reason that women are having abortions is because they don't feel like they have access to like the resources or the ability for whatever reason to like raise a child properly. Mm-hmm. So maybe not unwanted in the sense of like unloved or uncared for, but just like physically realistically possible in their mind right right? okay but still like to the point where you would have an abortion okay so what are we supposed to do with all these million unwanted kids you know and i'm thinking go ahead i'm thinking that like pro-life people if you're really pro-life then there should be no kid in the foster care system like all of those kids should have like two-parent Christian pro-life homes, period, right? No matter what their circumstance or age or whatever. But there's the argument that, like, there's all these people that want babies, you know? So even if we had, like, a million babies in the next year, with if we stopped abortion, like, are there people that are going to take the million kids? Uh, Yeah, I don't know what the data says. I think the answer is no, because we have a foster care system. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, the this Christian two-parent home thing. Like, what's where's that coming from? I don't think I that's... I mean, I think that's just that's like... That's the next step, but I think they're saying... That's just like my sort of generic profile of like a pro-life person. But their ideal circumstance, maybe. Well, that's their ideal circumstance, yeah. But I think they would... Okay. To. My point is that, like, if you're not willing to take the kids, how can you be pro-life? Period. Like, mm-hmm. someone has to take them. Someone has to, yes. Who is it? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it, well, it's. I think it's... It's not uh, happening now. Mm-hmm. The pro-life population is not... So, I... I think there's multiple points of view and i don't know what like the consensus is and where everyone stands mm-hmm. i think there's that vocal portion of the conservatives that would say you need to just get a better paying job then, mm. so you can raise your damn kids like the mom should keep it yeah okay and get the dad to pay child support or um in government that, assistance which, which has a you know <laughs> government assistance or whatever mm-hmm. well yeah <laughs> bring in the government assistance part so that's like another thing is um there's like a freakonomics um they touched on it in a chapter in that book have you read that mm-hmm um, they did like an economic analysis and they were like, wait, why did the crime start going down at some point? And it was, you know, about 20 years after Roe v. Wade. Mm. And um, they did some more analysis and it seemed like pretty convincing to them that that's what it was. They were just like, when you have kids that are... Um, Un, unwanted or you don't aren't able to provide for them they go down the wrong 
track or they're more likely to get get into crime 50 and, million mm-hmm. that's, that's a, a lot. lot so well i mean it's just you have i think lower ses individuals in general are more prone to like crime considering sure. that and so now you are amplifying that i wonder too what the what the numbers are for women who would have not had an abortion if they had more money right i bet it would be a much lower number yeah i yeah i have no idea what the what the numbers are we've got um a number on screen now 188 abortions per thousand live births so not quite as extreme as i was saying about half of what i was saying but still very high so i don't know like i think it's there's like so many you really have to dive deep on this issue because I think most people would agree it's like having an abortion is not ideal. I don't think anyone wants to do it. It's not like, oh, I need to get my murder fix on. And Anyway, I don't think it's like ever malicious intent. Right. Like, well, I mean, there's definitely got to be somebody but, who does that. But I think that's like so rare right like immeasurably rare yeah so i think i mean i guess like that's people don't have malicious intent necessarily when they i think most it's like murders they've got whatever frame of mind that justifies whatever their position is it seems like abortion is it mainly feels like an, a result of poverty in a way yeah like that seems to be the general thing. So what happens? What if Andrew Yang were president? Not to ram not that to, down people's throats. <laughs> and there were a free but, dividend. Right. I, I, I feel like the data would show maybe there's a correlation between like... Poverty and... Yeah, I or think the, that's... Or the money and abortions. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's almost that just makes so much sense and has to shake out like that's why everyone is putting off having kids if they can right so then if you sort of accidentally when you're in the middle of like a plan where you're trying to better yourself in some way and you're like having to make a choice i think that's probably a common Mm -hmm. reason what do you think about um well and of course as we advance with like genetic testing and things like people are going to be able to know if like there are mutations present or risk factors mm-hmm. like what do you think about that justifying abortions um that's i'm gonna blow my nose okay i'll, I'll insert think while you're... insert some joyful sound so lovely i don't know what else to do <laughs> it's like so high definition 
Okay, we're back from their commercial break. <laughs> uh, what were you asking me? It was something... I had to give an opinion on something. And I don't want to. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm asking if you think genetic testing and the likelihood of some sort of genetic mutation or um, whatever in the baby is a justification for abortion. Because that doesn't fall under, like, according to the Alabama law, my understanding is, like, it's not about putting the woman's financial risk at health mm-hmm. or emotional. Sure. It's got to be physical or it has to be, like, you're so psychotic you might kill yourself or the baby or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Like, if you know it has a very severe disability the baby um gosh i mean it's i kind of think back to just how how well equipped are we depending on the severity like uh, i mean i guess it's harsh but I think we were a lot harsher historically because we had to be. Yes. And so we, it was like doing stuff like cutting your losses. and. I, um, think, I think situations where kids like that do really well is when people have a strong family unit. Mm-hmm. Because if like a child is, has a condition where they can never be left alone, like for their own safety and they live a long time like that's yeah there has to be like constant supervision or that sort of amount of of care so right. if you it have takes, a sp- it takes a big you know the it's higher a- needs you are the more helpful a support system is right so if you have like a strong family unit or like a family that's on board then i think it's not there's not like a loss on you, on the yeah. experience for everyone right. but if you're like no family no whatever I think I'm sure there's a way for sure but I don't know what that way is exactly yeah I, I mean I think it's that there there are trade-offs and there are finite resources mm-hmm. it's the problem and so what is there's just like so many different directions you can go in it's like how um at what point do you catch this like at what point during the pregnancy is the abortion performed at i mean at, and then where do you draw the line on that because i think for everyone it's a different right. timeline of like is it at conception is it what what's immoral i think that's the argument for letting states decide because they're saying that different regions and different populations have different value systems so alabama is going to have a different perspective than new york yeah i so the states thing is weird because it's like we have cities and rural areas now and Mm -hmm. so those have different values yeah. And so in the city, 
they're going to say they're going to be more liberal and say yeah well like in washington yeah eastern washington is more rural and conservative so i don't like i just the states thing is so weird because it's states aren't representative of it it's like this weird blending of things it's like that here is like a harsh statistician quote or something it's like that if you ask a statistician they'll say the average american has one testicle and one breast like that's not <laughs> representative of the population do you feel like it's a compromise that you could get on board with if it made if it sort of appeased the group like the state letting states decide um I don't know I just don't I don't get it um I guess you're saying like if maybe it's a smaller problem and like you say it's like a community or a family and they figure out what makes sense to them ethically in this situation and they decide on like what's the rule for our family what do we do i mean i think and then you're just saying make that family bigger i think that the country is too big and that the population is too diverse yeah and that it's a way to compromise it's a way to like well yeah i mean i think that's starting to go towards the um i guess a libertarian and liberal point of view is like why the hell are we telling people what to do when this is such a personal issue and and like if you acknowledge that everyone has very different opinions on it and what works for them um so i think it's like when so you have to address this point of view that okay this is absolutely immoral even at conception like i i don't know i i like the idea of like the most open possible structure so to me I, I guess I don't really understand like people have been having abortions or whatever having unwanted kids killing unwanted kids whatever you want to say like for all of human history so like why not like make it an option if that's what people want like you don't you don't have to have an abortion nobody's it's not forced it's yeah. it's just like a possibility and i also don't understand because like there are groups that are very anti-abortion that you find out actually use abortions like right. the priests sure. raping nuns getting them pregnant forcing them to have abortions so i don't understand like the hypocrisy is part of it 
why not just I mean the argument would be like we don't let people murder people but we do have self defense I mean there is like context and there is it's I don't quite um, yeah I, I think I'm going back to the priest thing I would say knowing nothing about priests but knowing about people I think most people are good intention and everything and like that seems like it's still that's a few bad apples but in there it's but it's all go ahead I mean there's like it's like a systemic problem across sure. different parts of the world where sure. they found evidence of that yeah uh, I mean it it's like yeah sure there's the practice what you preach right and because you're utilizing the service of abortions in secret it's like someone who's homophobic who does like gay things privately right it's like what i don't i'm not understanding that like yeah the um i'm not getting that situation it's what is that uh I wish my psychology were stronger. <laughs> it's like that's some cognitive dissonance stuff going on. Um, sure. And it's like they don't like that aspect of themselves, of themselves or something. Right, and then that that makes me feel like why are we not talking about that? Like, what is creating the circumstances that create people needing or wanting to have abortions? Yeah. I mean, uh, so... Say that one more time. So instead of focusing on the actual moment of deciding having an abortion or not, it's, like, too late. Like, why are we not talking about the things that are creating... Right. The circumstances. So, so I, I was initially thinking, okay, let's jump to birth control and like condoms or birth control pills. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I paused because I thought you were going to go down another rabbit hole. Is that kind of like where you had in mind or like is I it was, even... I was thinking more like... <clears throat> that's like an intervention. That feels more still like an intervention. I'm thinking more like you are physically and sexually abused by your dad then you become a priest then you do this and this and then we get to abortions or whatever the lineage is i feel like there is this like violence predatory early childhood trauma situation that tends to lead to people perpetuating that in a way that might lead to a reason why you might have an abortion or why you might be in a circumstance where you're not empowered to take care of a child for whatever reason. Like, that, like, why does that keep happening? I think would be my question. Because that also contributes to, like, a lot of mental health issues, a lot of addiction issues, a lot of, like, self-medicating behavior, right? 
so to me that it's like that why we should talk about that like the right does that make sense you just threw a bunch at me was it too much okay let me let me try people like people that commit crimes or violent or whatever um people that have difficulty coping with life difficulty making decisions setting themselves up whatever you might want to say right they have some kind of disadvantage often i feel like people have early childhood traumas of some kind there's either like violence like physical violence sexual violence neglect of some kind there's like yeah trauma happening to kids over and over and over again and they grow up and they re-traumatize other people and there's this cycle and so i feel like it's connected to abortion in a way because either you're you're maybe like a woman and you're trying to pull yourself out of a circumstance that's kind of been created because of decisions you've made because of how you were brought up and you you're like Mm -hmm. going down the wrong path trying to get redirected or you're in this crazy family dynamic whatever that sounds complicated so i (laughs) i think think the answer is simpler i think it's (laughs) people are horny and then sex feels better if you don't use a condom and then people don't want to raise kids that's because it's too much responsibility and they don't have the resources okay (laughs) i don't there's i don't think so no do you hear what I'm saying about the trauma? <laughs> um, I don't get it. Break it down more. Like, okay. So, like, which person are you talking? About? Are you talking about the woman or the man? Both. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Like early, this early childhood trauma, whether it's physical abuse or sexual abuse or whatever. It creates perpetrators and victims. And often the perpetrator is also a victim. That's my whole point. So my question is, why are kids being sexually and physically abused so much over and over and over again? Like, why does that keep happening? Yeah. Why is that source of trauma constantly? Yeah, I mean, is that the... I just didn't have never connected to thoughts like that of childhood trauma leading to being a parent or potential parent and deciding to have an abortion i think it affects everything i mean is it just sexual trauma or i feel like it's just like i feel like it's a lack of resources thing more than anything so part of why you could have lack of resources is that you're like choosing bad partners or your Mm -hmm. parents were bad partners and they didn't provide for you so you didn't have a good education you didn't have this and this and this so yeah you're reminding me of um there's this book i forget 
It's by, it's called Them. It's by some uh, Republican congressman. Okay. Um, and it, it talks about kind of, it starts out really enticing. It talks about the like loneliness epidemic. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I'm on board with this. Um, and that we need better support systems and that like that's the thing and i thought it was like oh okay maybe he's gonna go down some thing of like how do we cultivate this sense of community um and then i got he'd start talking later like he didn't really get into how you cultivate that and then was just talking about stats around like two-parent homes being better and Mm. all that stuff and i was like oh okay i was intrigued at first and then I feel like you're shoving your own propaganda down my throat. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. I forgot where. Is that I'm not, I'm not supporting propaganda okay. of any kind. <laughs> I just have a theory that a lot of things that are affecting people as adults can stem from like severe like messed up things that happen when they were little sure i think we're all messed up okay <laughs> <laughs> well it sounds <laughs> <laughs> i think what i'm trying to say is that that would be a sector of our lives that might be worth investigating and putting resources towards and shedding light on is like why and so going back to what you said earlier about um the statistic of like maybe foster kids and violent or uh, yeah kids who were born in unstable households i have to interrupt (laughs) i know you don't want i think I think abortions are a symptom. That's what I'm saying. Yes. I'm just... (laughs) That's exactly what I'm trying to say. It's just like... And a lot of things are a symptom. Yes. Of this pain, this like source of pain that that people are not given the resources to manage. Right? Right. And then you're you're potentially perpetrating it also as your coping skill. If you were abused, then you abuse someone else. You don't know what. So that's why I don't feel like focusing so much on abortion makes sense. Right. 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 It's, well, how can you, that's like the last time that you can do anything about it. It's too late, I think. Yeah. I think it's too late. Can you get a better return on your investment doing anything before then? Probably. Like. Right. And an easy thing, because it feels like, in general, poverty is a driving force. I mean, I'm big on mental health, and, like, that's just so critical that, like, yes, if that's what's happening, then people that are strapped for resources have some stuff that's going on like it's they have difficulty with creating a network or 
even just uh, managing money or anything right, right simple just in in general that's that's the case that yes and i i don't know what the like i don't quite know why i guess it's uh, it's more like sensational i guess to talk about the abortion part because it is more sure. like an intense process or it's like easy yeah. to get emotionally charged about right and yeah it's so it kind of serves as a distraction to the deeper problem mm. i mean it i kind of still think like there needs to be some acknowledgement on the left that like an abortion is kind of a last resort it's not a it's not a pleasant decision to make and it's people can regret it and it's like it's not it's not a good decision it's not a good place to be in i i think like that's what conservatives need to know that it's not a good place to be in to be in that position where you have to make that call um that like you are like that you're even considering it is a scary situation to be in because i think there's just we're wired to like give a damn about our kids or potential kids right do you so there are some other democratic presidential candidates that are proposing free health care mm-hmm do you think that is comprehensive enough to address things like this? Like, I, mean, I think... I don't know if they're including mental health as heavily as they maybe should, but... Yeah, I think even... Like, mental health care on... Um, well, I, whatever. I'm in a privileged position. I have a good job. Um and most most companies I've been at has pretty decent mental health care through whatever insurer they've got um, and so it's just like co-pays to go so that's like great and like most um, set up like good you can go a lot to like therapy or they have like um whatever it is co-insurance for like inpatient outpatient all that stuff i've never had a job that paid for mental health no i don't know continue (laughs) i don't know that's but i also have like i've had i don't know issues with therapist oh yeah yeah um yeah i feel that like mental health coverage is just so it's such a good investment in your people like Mm -hmm. that feels like the most fundamental of like providing for the general welfare cycle getting a grasp of like how your mind works 
um, and being okay with everything because that's like I mean don't don't people want people to not feel terrible or feel like be in that position where you're right but it costs suicidal or whatever it costs people money it costs money sure i think that's the issue right it costs money but i mean i'm not arguing with you yeah yeah okay sure and do whatever analysis to show the long-term impact of someone going to therapy or going on medication pause pause we're back welcome back um so i tend to have experience where companies are cutting money like they're cutting the budget as tight as they can yep they're trying to do the same amount of work with less people and that's like a constant battle so they're not investing in people sure i mean i think that's a common issue is Mm -hmm. that yeah with the healthcare system i guess it's that it's through your employer but it's like your employer wants to keep you around they want to retain you but they're not going to retain you forever and it's probably better for everyone you're going to just like outgrow your job or mm-hmm. they're just not going to have a position for you to advance in and so you can stay in the same position you're so anyway it it's there's like kind of a shorter term focus that a company has versus like what a nation is going to have mm-hmm. um, it's the right thing to do as right. a company yeah that's the right thing to do but it's also their duty to their shareholders the way it's defined to look after the profit of the company mm-hmm. so you're saying uh, the right thing to do versus the company surviving or not I just don't what I don't understand is when organizations or companies like grow and then they can't handle the workload they've created and they're like oh no it's too much like we need to cut back on something and they don't dial down the scope of the company like that doesn't make sense to me why would you do why would you commit to a process that you know you can't do correctly that's all i'm saying i know i'm not in charge yeah but that's just me I'm just glad we're not talking about abortion anymore we totally don't have to alright we don't e- we don't ever have to again if you don't want sounds good I don't know why you wouldn't <laughs> because we can talk about anything now yeah well I feel enough. like we did a good job are people gonna leave us Maybe so. This is how we're going to get a bunch of viewers. It's like, oh, we talked about something controversial. 
people are gonna hate us on both the left and the right now. But we're like sloths. We're not exactly like emotionally charged personalities that are That's true. that people love to hate or whatever. Right. That's why we have we're thirteen feeling... unique viewers. Do we? Yeah. <laughs> Do we have subscribers? The same I think we still have five. I've told some people. <laughs> we have well, sixteen. Whoa. Sixteen unique viewers. And subscribe welcome special thank you so much. <laughs> oh <laughs> we lost it. Um Anyways, there is a group of people out there, at least in the dozens, that this is like, <laughs> this is like their perfect situation. Dozens or dozen? I don't know. There's at least dozens. Okay. We could at least have a classroom's worth of people that want to hear what we have to say. For however many total minutes of view time we've had. Sixteen's good. That's more than last week. I think we had thirteen. It's more than zero. Everything is more than zero. That's right. Um, Do we want to keep going? Yeah. What what else we got? You were talking about behavioral activation? Yeah. Okay. Um, Back to mental health. Um, It's always. So I will just say... Oh, yeah. So I was talking about, like, agency a few weeks ago. I couldn't think of the right way to say it. So that's, like... I think it's the same thing. Do you want to talk about what behavioral activation is? Yeah, so it's basically how do you get yourself to do the things that you want to do. It's kind of like the thing that we might have talked about in like our first or second podcast about like, oh, I know the right thing to do, but why is it so hard? And Why would I not do like sort of the perfect scenario? Yeah, right. Um and I think it's uh, there's a book that might shed light on it um, The Power of Habit by Duhigg um, talks about uh, the path there's like some diagram of like a it's like a triangle between things and you know like thoughts, feelings, and actions um, and You've got these things like reinforcement. If you have things reinforcing. Sorry. Bring up the triangle. It's going to be on there. Is that? Go to the Wikipedia page. 
Where's the triangle? Keep it. Habit loop is. You were wrong. Uh, it's there. He talks about the habit loop. Cue routine. Hold on. Get. So cue routine reward. Yes. So. Hold on. All right. virus it tried to kill me sorry okay habit loop acute okay yeah a neurological pattern that governs any habit it consists of three elements a cue a routine and a reward i love rewards yeah i just want three rewards in a row <laughs> exactly <laughs> um yeah so i try to figure this out for okay. myself. Like, I'm starting to realize I need more of the rewarding happening. Um, you need more rewards? Yeah. Okay. So, I'm doing the things, but, like, I don't have... I'm not giving myself the right feedback to be like, hey, that was great. Pat on the back. Um, so that I reinforce that behavior. What is it... A <clears throat> What's an example of a cue? I mean, I'm reading that um, a cue is a trigger that transfers the brain into a mode that automatically determines which habit to use. Yes. Okay. So have you noticed what cues? So let's say I think a common one that would be cited, it's like you see an attractive person. Like your brain just totally rewires in oh, that sure. mode. And it's like, oh. Um, there's some, I think in, um, it might have been in Why Buddhism is True, he talks about some research into that, um, for, like, men where they're more, if they're, like, aroused or see someone attractive, then they are more likely to be, like, more short-term financially generous or, like, spend more money as a signal that, like, hey, I'm doing well and, like, try and attract that person. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so... Oh, here. Some... Hmm. Cue reactivity. Yeah, so, like, it, you know, it could be just anything with... What drugs, I think, is a good example, too, where it's that you see someone else smoking a cigarette or, like, that... Or, I mean, that's advertising. Yeah. Right? Like... <laughs> Is that's what yeah. they're doing they're just trying to cue you right and it works right the exposure the visual mm -hmm. and the the repetition yeah i was talking to one of my um a former conservative co-worker <laughs> it was interesting because he seemed very uh well, just hard right on everything. And then, like, he started talking about marketing and manipulation. And, like, man, that's fucked up. Like, yeah. Let's, why are we manipulating people? That should be illegal. <laughs> and it's like, wait, you're starting to sound like you want to uh, change the government. You want to put some regulation in here, you know? Yes. 
That's yeah. not fair that people are manipulating us. Yeah. And kids, I mean, they just like straight up target kids. Like with sugar and stuff, I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay, so that's not quite behavioral activation, but I think it's the gist of it. Um, this like habit loop. And you want to create, you can have these negative habit loops yes. that you have you go in a negative spiral and so you want to activate these positive habits and um, so there's like some exercises you can do to just it's just like tying all those things together and like being aware of everything so a common thing you can do a recommendation it has uh, there's there's this article I, I don't know how you would go about finding it um, someone from the University of Michigan wrote it it's like a 35 page article about behavioral activation for um, like for helping with depression oh um, and so it has a lot of exercises in it and What's part that? of it's tracking your day it's like what do you do and then how do you feel so like I, I think that's a great approach in general it's just like raise your awareness um, I've been working on keeping a food journal mm -hmm. and something that has been really helpful with that is tracking how I feel and it's like how was I feeling when I had this food and oh I ate more than I wanted to but I was feeling it was like oh I was excited I had a really good conversation with my boss or I was in a really crappy meeting and like those kinds of situations it's like oh I had this like really strong emotional response and I wanted to do something about it with food right like alter your state yeah which is what I tried to do when I was sick didn't work so what do you do once you have the data and you're aware? Um, then you set up the... You start doing the things that you want to do and set up um, rewards for it. Like, I think that's something that's a, a challenge for a lot of people. It was something that um, Jordan Peterson said that I did like um, a good bit. is like how to negotiate with yourself on like you can't just you know only do the only do like the play video games or thing it's like okay well I need to go study for 30 minutes then I can reward myself by playing video games it's like and that reward is kind of weird because like the rewards necessary too um, so it's almost what do you think what do you mean weird what's what are you um, thinking that you need a reward or that well I think the label reward might not be apt or like we get caught up in calling like video games a reward but it's like you need something to like either wind down or whatever real video games like your perception like, yeah so of something being yeah so it's like totally fine and some in moderation and as like being used as a reward and as a like 
I'm gonna chill out now. Like right. you need some like chilling out. Do you need time to do the things that you enjoy in life, and you also need to do the things that create these this satisfaction too. Yeah. And so everything's interconnected, and that's why it's like really difficult to wrap your head around like what things are okay and what things are not and it's like every type of reward you can think of it's like bad in some context and so how do you find the balance it's sure i think of it like in terms of energy Mm -hmm. like thing something i might have to do like study or something is pulling out energy and then the reward is like refueling that's how I think of it because sometimes the reward to me is like just like doing the dishes because mm-hmm. it feel it's going to feel good to have like a clean environment yeah, right but the dishes I'm not excited about doing the dishes that's um a really good point that it also talks about is that a lot of times people with depression feel like they need to be in some state of mind before they do the thing that will be good for them and so they're like oh i have to wait until i feel better before i can like go take out the trash or oh um but it's that an action creates this creates feeling right and so oh well you're just latching onto the feeling you have now but you will feel differently after you do something right because I know that exercise is a big, yeah, really big, like boost for people that have a de- like a depression, yep. like feeling, but if they can't, it's like you can't get to the exercise. It's like too hard. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have chronic depression, but I can. I've had moments where I can relate. I can understand the concept, but I I don't have like that daily grind of really critical depression yeah i um was learning sometime about um depression statistics and mm-hmm. um the different things you can do in exercise was huge like um it was in fact like more effective like if you were able to do exercise alone yes. it was more successful than exercise and medication and yes. more successful than a medication yes and um i guess a lot of people like the reaction is well if you're depressed it's even hard to just take on exercise or like put your clothes on or something right. like right um so i know for years it's been hard to to get in an exercise routine and like it feels really good now that I'm making that an intentional thing um like only I mean I've had yeah so I've had depression most of my adult life and so I feel like I'm making lots of headway in the past uh really the past year um I started taking up like I, I felt like meditation was the first intentional habit I've ever created for myself. Everything else was just like, uh, it just happened on its own. Mm. And I was like, well, what's something I can make happen for myself that is, uh, it's kind of like a keystone habit. Yes. That's going to be 
really valuable and so started with like a minute a day and made it a yeah I know started small I also know that sleep is a huge impact on your Mm. mind and body functioning Mm -hmm. so that's another habit that people can focus on yeah that's one I haven't figured out yet yeah to me it's like the most influential factor for the experience of my day is yeah. sleep and I sleep really well I'm like a great sleeper but if I'm short even like an hour or two I feel it sure I think yeah. but I'm also not able to like self-medicate as easily because right. I restrict those things so right it's easier if you can like if you give yourself other tools to like self-correct you can ignore the sleep deprivation but yeah i feel it it's a big one i think i think i've also heard some things about like loneliness and sleep and i think there's a lot to that also memories like how your Mm. brain creates stores memories tell me about loneliness and sleep so it was on dr Rhonda patrick's podcast it was she was talking to some expert he think he was a neurologist and he was talking about sleep and they were able to measure like a correlation i think between like either quality of sleep or deprivation and then your perception of yourself the next day of like how lonely you felt and they could predict that based on like the quality of your sleep or so you know how you were talking about you've you've mentioned before feeling lonelier when you travel yeah well you're also like not sleeping as well there's jet lag i wonder if there's even just like a simple connection with that kind of thing um So people that were sleep deprived had increased feelings of loneliness and had decreased activity in brain regions involved in social interaction. So that's, it's also a self-perpetuating cycle. It's like, if you perceive yourself as feeling lonely, Mm -hmm. then you self-isolate as a reaction. Yeah. And they also have studies about like how close you'll let someone get to your personal space. Like the gap is wider. Yeah. When you have, when you're not sleeping as well, and you know, so all of that makes sense. But I never really thought about it. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I'm trying. I went to my first um, dance class that I've been to in a really long time, and I'm trying to like throw in that being in close proximity to another person mm. into the mix. Um, I don't know it, to me it's always one of those things it's like oh I'm anxious right before and then I don't know this other person or other people that I'm going to be with and then mm-hmm. once you're in the moment then it's great and afterwards always feel better and like energized so what do you think I'm I'm sort of curious about anxiety because like why that pre-anxiety that you're talking about having like in that situation it doesn't serve a purpose right um 
like the events once you get there and once you have the experience you it's going to be the same whether you were anxious or not right I think there's times the anxiety can be good like um maybe it will it's kind of it depends on the thing sometimes you just your body doesn't know if it is something you can control but like if you you're about to give a good a, a big speech or something mm-hmm. it's like you can stress out about it and like it if you're anxious about it maybe a few weeks out then you can prepare your ass off for it and then sure. crush it and the five minutes leading up it's kind of I mean, I'm thinking more story. about, like, chronic daily anxiety where people are, like, yeah. anxious about ordinary things or for no, like, like profitable reason. Yep. Like, what is that? Uh, I think they're just overtrained to... Uh, yeah, they've got negative spirals going on. So, like the that cue, the cueing is like yeah. Constant. So it's like it cues them to self isolate and then goes down those rabbit holes. Yeah, because I know, like I know people that are like chronically anxious, and they just you know force themselves to like participate and do like what you would expect as an adult in daily life. And they do all the things that you yeah. you have to do, and I'm like, then what's what's the anxiety? Like, if you're able to force the behavior to happen in spite of the anxiety, then I don't I'm not understanding the anxiety. Yeah, uh, it's they're overcoming it. Um. I think it goes away <clears throat> or gets smaller. It's like the more you do public speaking, sure. the easier it becomes, the more you but like exposure therapy. Do you, so I guess part of my perspective is I'm not like, I guess everybody maybe has a different threshold mm-hmm. where like it takes them longer to shrink their anxiety down. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm also, I, I'm also speculating that there is a substantial amount of people that like their anxiety. They identify with it. They there's some drama to it. There's like there's sort of some something you get from it. Um which is fine. Like I'm not judging that, but I don't like when people maybe say that that's not what's happening right like say that what's not happening like that they're they're not benefiting from their anxiety oh well i think because you have to spell that out for for people because that's i can sort of wrap my head around it but do you mean right now or is it like yeah <laughs> i just think i think that you can identify as like if if 
it becomes part of you and you don't actually want to reduce it. You're like, I'm an anxious person. That's how I am. I've always been that way. It's part of your narrative. It's part, it's like really ingrained in your behavior. Maybe you like the sort of, in a way, you know, I'm I'm saying like as in Mm -hmm. it's your normal to feel that specific chemical whatever experience. I didn't like anxiety. I had a lot of anxiety when I was younger. And I was like, I remember when I was young, like middle school or earlier, I was like, I cannot like live like this. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? Like that sort of suffocating feeling. I was like, sure. I can't, like, I can't live 60 more years like this. So I remember just like unraveling it and just one like habit at a time diffusing it and I have I don't really have anxiety now so for me it was a choice I'm not saying that's true for everyone but I think a lot of people could dial it down yeah like sub to a subclinical level but I don't know if like the anxiety if people are have the capacity when you're in it too much I don't know it's like a thing that I wrestle with I I mean I think it's hard to tell people that like know that their anxiety is a problem that they actually want it So we don't we don't do things that don't benefit us even if they're self-destructive. Yeah. Like <clears throat> touching your hand on the stove and burning your hand. You don't keep doing that over and over. Right. Unless it serves a purpose. Right. So So something is there, right? Yeah. I I think I think it's the awareness thing. But if someone can say, I'm an anxious person, really anxious all the time, or whatever, yeah. is like, there's well, the. Yeah, there's kind of like this uh, benefit, or like, they like. It's like going after sympathy or something. I Are think so. There? I yeah. mean, there's like a victim narrative that yeah. you could use. Yep like maybe special like feeling sure or maybe similar to people that sort of gravitate towards like hypochondriac stuff yeah like i I don't know i don't i mean like it definitely doesn't that's someone who also has anxiety too it's not resonating with me (laughs) i mean i don't know the answer yeah i i just trying to understand like is the anxiety really serving a purpose and maybe that's my own like bias that things should be functional or something but like why i think it's not efficient no it's just like sucking energy out of you right yeah so um but it protects you from the deeper 
it's like the anxiety of going like I had this all the time when I started dancing of like finding an excuse to not go out yeah and it's like you know you find the reason to so socially isolate yourself and then it like it protects you from like being socially criticized or whatever like whatever that fear was of not going it's like i just don't want to deal with anyone is kind of what was so, what was driving that fear so could it be relabeled as like a defense mechanism yeah is that mm-hmm so you're you're trying to prevent future pain yes yeah and the the pain of the anxiety should be enough to kind of stop you and alert you right but also like maybe it's a signal to do it yeah i mean that i think that's anxiety i mean arises when it's like uh uh-oh i'm at tension between these two decisions yes because it's a different feeling than actually like that sort of intuitive danger feeling sure like it's not that right 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 so it's not like you're it's like I could go either way on this yes. I don't know what to do I'm yes. gonna, yeah and to me I always felt like when I made a decision not to do something it tended to I just felt guilty or I was like yeah. hard on myself for not doing the thing yep most of the time like 9 out of 10 times sure that's one of those things where like logging your feelings about it can help because to me whenever i when i remember feeling anxious like what you're saying like deciding should i this or that like if i if i didn't do the thing then i still wanted to avoid the feeling (laughs) jacob (laughs) is that gonna be a problem (laughs) It was like a two-minute car horn. Um, Uh, That was amazing. That was an overreaction, I'm sure, on their part. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Anyways, what I was saying was that when I decided not to do something, what I really wanted was to avoid the feeling in the first place, but now I'm like at home, and then there's the feeling that I wanted to avoid. So it's like it to me it's like you you're better off like working through it at the thing yeah well it's the um the action produces a feeling so you're you're gonna uh, you're gonna feel differently after you do the action you're if you're still gonna worry about whether i should do the thing or not then you're still going to stay in the same mood. Right. And it goes back to that original thing. It's like, why can't I just do what I know is yeah. good for me to do? What's what's with this, like, evaluating 
to yeah. like just do it yeah i think it's getting enough reinforcement to do it there's like something jacked up with your neurons when that's happening right and the, it doesn't make sense because in a like intellectually you know yeah it's you're not creating enough rewards for yourself like uh, i i turned a corner okay this uh, I, maybe it was yesterday yeah so i went to the gym and then um was trying to keep that like positive feedback stuff going so i like went and grabbed a salad right after and then i was like hmm, parts of the salad it's not like great it was like just very green bites during it but there was still something cool i was like i feel damn good that i'm doing this and right. fueling my body right now and like giving it the things that it needs to achieve the goal that i want i was like i felt very empowered with okay. my decision yeah um so it was having some like it's getting over the like constant like fear of missing out thing and it's like i have this choice that i'm making and i'm choosing the one that's getting me towards my goal instead of worrying about the one that could have been something else yes also i think i struggle with the downtimes like what do you mean downtimes when there's like mm. the valley of that right so you're talking about like sustaining some momentum yeah on the high end but to me when i get down even just like dip a little bit low i feel like a little frantic in a way i think my like the example from when I was sick, which was a more extreme example than normal, but it's like, I cannot sit with this. I can't mm -hmm. do it. Why not? Like, yeah. I don't know what the, um, like mine is just like pain, like the pain, the physical pain, emotional, physical pain. The, meditation answer is to lean into it and like figure out where that's coming from and sure but so the problem is okay like if i if i start then i'm okay and i can get out of it and i can do things on the high end but the transition from sliding down and then starting to lean in it's like that is there's a major breakdown for me at that point i'm not sure i follow Okay. Like what do you? So you're where, on the high. Yeah, you're. At the you're high. eating salads and running yeah. around. Yep. And then you're gonna start like waning, right? You're gonna start. So just <clears> something. <throat> are you talking like maybe it's your environment changing and it just changes your mood? Sure, anything, okay. any like whatever, like the natural progression sure. of of the flow up and down. Because this happened to me today. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so when you're coming down, like when, when I'm coming down, I can feel it. I can feel a little bit more of the pain or the discomfort. And then when I get to that critical point where I need to consciously lean in to it mm -hmm. in order to like ride through and come back up, that transition is really hard for me. Like that's where I want to like sure because that's the hardest Th that's point. the yeah, hardest because point. you're 
it feels you're, 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 you've got the negative feedback <laughs> yes. loop going yes. yes so it's like challenging all the um it's leaning into it and challenging all that self-talk it's like and i think i've had um therapists who tried to oversimplify it um with like you've got they're like oh well you've got thoughts that are precluding that feeling that you're you've got and i don't think that's exactly true i think mm. you've got like these feelings sometimes and you don't know where the hell they're coming from and then you've just got to like figure out what try and find what your reasoning is for that feeling it's like kind of why do i feel this way it's all like the subconscious stuff that you're trying to bring to the surface sure and it's... then you've got like 10 different stories and then you start poking holes in those and challenging them yeah it's old feelings like yeah. little pieces come up so you can feel through them and let them go yeah. and then they're gone because yeah. i think all of that stuff is like stored inside of you yeah. until you're ready to like feel it so I, I think i'll give the example from today it was um just that i've like have this thing with dating apps where i'm starting to get more aware with it. of like it's just a fucking roller coaster for me of like oh when things are when i'm matching with people things are great when things are when i'm not getting matches or dates aren't happening then it, i feel bad and i'm just like it's because i'm not like satisfied with this process that i'm on totally i'm i'm letting my environment determine my happiness instead of just being cool with yeah i'm doing the thing i'm putting myself out there i think this feels like a privileged experience because i think when people were trying to survive or focusing on basic needs like they probably just felt what you just had to feel it mm -hmm. or you were just whatever substance abuse you wanted to do um but i i feel like it's kind of a privileged thing to experience that ebb and flow because we we have sort of stabilized basic needs yeah and i don't i just don't feel like I have the tools necessarily for it. Like we're having to kind of wire ourselves to handle it. And if you take away any like mind altering or numbing tools, yeah, then you really have to feel it. Yeah, I think we were, it was simpler when like we're such a wealthy society we suddenly have this capacity to worry about shit all the time whereas it was it was kind of easier when we just had to worry about survival and that was just like so strong that who cares about right these little these little things right how are we doing on time i i can keep going but okay let's, let's see where we're at um yeah i think one thing that i want to do for myself is um well i like this concept about like the q whatever reward thing but also i think i just need to budget time to like 
almost like the opposite of um, reward, like discomfort time, <laughs> like budget in time that I can anticipate not meditation necessarily, but maybe like really like like intentionally stirring up pain, like letting it surface and s- like sitting with it. Because hmm. I think I just, in moments when it happens naturally too, but just like my pain tolerance, like my, I can't even get, like once the cue happens, I'm just like. So I'm, I'm thinking of <clears throat> where I've applied this and it's when I get the itch of like, I don't know the answer to something and oh holy shit i'm gonna google it and i'm trying to fight that now and like especially if i'm in the presence of other people now i just don't do it i let either let the other person do it or just totally it's there's just something about oh yeah i don't have to like scratch this really minor discomfort of not knowing the answer to this thing does, we we survived as a society for hundreds well, of thousands of years without having to know the answer to everything. What what is the sensation you have when you don't know the answer? Um, it's like I gotta. It's kind of like some anxiety of just like gotta know. I gotta know. Um, and if you don't, is it uncomfortable? Yeah, it is. But then you realize, like, the trade-off of... (laughs) I'm just going to pretend that was music to my ears. I can't can't help it. I'm not... (laughs) I was... I was forced... We don't have. We haven't accrued any sick time yet. <laughs> I forgot what I was talking about. You, <laughs> you were talking about scratching the itch of googling stuff. Yeah. And oh, the trade-off. Like so, it's. I could just sit with this and let it go. Like there's. I think meditation's helped with that. Of like, oh, I could just let it go, and then there will be something else to grab my attention in five yes. seconds. Yeah, I think that's like practicing that cycle. Yeah. When just, you can, like, anytime you can, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, or yeah, like, it's okay for there to be a little mystery about things. Mm. So I think it's like a kind of. A perfectionism thing that like that's why I want to keep checking it it's like I have to be the most informed person oh really yeah oh I don't have that exactly so is this situation hard for you when I like throw a topic at you um is this like a way to practice Oh, when you threw the abortion thing at me, like, because I, I didn't know you were going to bring that up at all. <laughs> I had no idea that was coming. And it's like, oh my. It's like, 
it's like the most inflammatory <laughs> thing that we could talk about. So I guess we got it out of the way on episode six. Um, and okay, I I feel like I could probably like it. I could have done some research on it to prepare. But every time you've picked other topics, you've never really prepared. When we've picked topics in advance, you haven't prepared in the way I thought you would. Um, it's like, I think the way I've been picking the topics has been, um, I looked at the previous week and I tell you that like a week in advance and then I forget about everything that was fresh in my mind. Right. So. So. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> so it's less. Yeah, having it more organically is fine, I guess. If ever there was a time to do it, it's. Okay. Then. I. Yeah. You'll get the more authentic response when you pin me in a corner. Great. But you'll also get like responses like, I don't know, and I haven't thought about that. And like, I feel like those are less engaging and fun to watch as well. Although, yeah, that's a trade off. You get the authentic response with me getting defensive about my position that I haven't really researched. But when you had the opportunity to research, you still didn't. Is all I'm saying. Depend, <laughs> depending on the thing. Okay, we can... I tried both ways. I tried to, like, do what you wanted. Yeah. I've realized that just <laughs> prep work for this, it takes time. And so it, it's, I think it's better to, it's just like, what what did I find interesting during the week? It, and we just, we talk about the things that we both found interesting over the week. Right, which is what we, which but, what we did. Yeah, yeah. So we did fine. I, this was like an effortless hour and a half, so... Albeit, <laughs> the first part stressful. After but we got past that, it was, was it fine. really like? Did you did you have anxiety about yeah, yeah. the abortion? I mean, that's like I think that's the one topic where it's just like God. I don't want people to watch me talk about this. But we that's why we're here. Yeah, that's why we're here because like the people talking about it are on the ends sure okay and, if you and they're hard feel, to talk to it's hard to talk to people yeah I guess so and it, I feel I think my perception about it is that everyone is so opinionated about it I feel like everyone is so opinionated about it and that everyone's gonna hate me Oh, for wow. my moderate opinion. No. Are they going to hate me? Yeah. They'll hate you too. 
Dang. Yeah. I brought it up, too. Right. <laughs> this, if, <clears throat> this is the video to leave comments on. This is where we're going to get our I mean, hate maybe. responses. I would be thrilled for hate comments. If anyone watches and cares to... Yeah. Even if it's just robots, yeah. I'll take it. Ooh, don't even comments. subscribe. We don't even want subscribers. No. <laughs> don't click the bell icon. <laughs> don't even finish the video. <laughs> People, I've noticed that YouTubers have really been pushing that a lot lately. About subscribing and... Oh, yeah. It's the most annoying fucking thing in the universe. Is it? I mean, it's... I, I'm being hyperbolic, but... Yes. I think... <clears throat> to me, it's like when you make your voicemail message and you're like, please leave your name and number and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. It's like, well, no shit. Like, yeah. we all know how voicemail works. Why do we have to say this thing that we all know? It's like so silly. Well, it's like... Yeah, it's this waste of time thing. And it's it's not content. Like, if I'm going to subscribe to your channel, it's for the content, not so that you can tell me to subscribe every video. Like, that's... People are... do. They're really ramping it up, though. I think YouTube is like... They must be telling people to... Oh, yeah, because if you, there's analytics that says... If you tell people to subscribe, then they're more likely to subscribe. Well, no shit. If you okay, well, don't find people, yell at me. Like, I just told people not to subscribe. I'm, I'm not yelling at you. <laughs> Maybe I am. <laughs> the, the, the anger is not at you. Yeah, but I'm absorbing it because I'm close proximity. Okay. Well... Thanks for bringing it to my attention. You're, Awareness. I, you're just like anger thanking me. It's like angry, angry gratitude. No, I mean, but the awareness helps. Well, I'm not going to say. But I think our audience wants that charged. We. What? They want me to have charged responses. It's more entertaining. I feel like we're so mellow, we're barely alive. <laughs> like, this is very nuanced, charged behavior. Okay. Maybe you're really feeling it strongly. Yeah. But. If I'm dropping F-bombs, I feel strongly about it. I mean, it's just like you're you're getting all tense. Your body language, you're like tensing up. Yeah. Stressing me out. I don't know. Like that got you more upset than abortions. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> so it's like I don't want to have an opinion about this. Oh, subscribers. Yeah, I hate that shit. That's so okay, much easier so, to have an opinion about. That's so much easier to hate. Right, but people are doing it like major content creators. Oh, totally. 
and fuck them for it. I mean, they're the ones who don't have to go to work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that just doesn't. Okay. Well, we don't even want subscribers, so this is not a problem for us. We don't want views or subscribers. Don't touch the bell. Nothing. It's like, do it if you want. Just like, do the thing you're gonna do. Like, I'm not here to like, game the system. Well, especially if we're talking about Alabama abortions. I yeah. mean, YouTube is like, definitely left-leaning. Yeah. Like, systemically. Is it? Um, it is, yeah. Okay. There's... I mean... I, I've i seen my fair share of right-wing stuff on it, too. No, so. where they're like... Um, <clears throat> you know, like on Twitter, where they like will block people's or deactivate people's accounts or uh-huh. whatever it tends to be more right leaning that are affected yeah i think that's true on youtube as well okay there could be you don't have to agree i'm 100 percent right yeah. so all right leave a comment below yeah <laughs> I, 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 I guess like i just don't want to you're so tense Is this like the great awkward pauses? Are well, these the gems that like, my people favorite, are really tuning in for? My favorite thing is when you roll your eyes, because then I know we've really like hit a pressure <laughs> point. <laughs> um, yeah. Where where did I roll that? Was it on the YouTube subscribers thing? Yeah, you did at some point. But like when I I brought up the Mandela effect. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I love. Some- it's another one. thing that you hate so much. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. The things that make you intensely mad. Yeah. That's, but then I <laughs> yell at you, so... Well, I that. mean, yelling is... You weren't really yelling. It was just more, You were, like, energetically yelling at me. Okay. Like, I could feel the fumes. So... <laughs> from your body language. So you say you don't want me to do it, but... I mean, I get... It's painful. Like, there's a there's a trade-off. <laughs> okay. Like, I, I am personally interested in things that make other people that, mm-hmm. like, upset. Not so upset that they're, like, out of control and you can't talk about it, but... Yeah. Just... I don't like that you're upset. I'm just curious about the topics that make you yeah. upset. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, this is stuff to to document. Thank and then God. I can put it on my. Thank God, there's six cameras on or whatever. <laughs> and I can update my dating profile with these things trigger me. I did. I I did tell someone on my dating profile. That was one of our unique views. About what triggered? No, about our channel. Mm. The whole, this whole thing is like. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have this on one of my dating profiles that you can check my YouTube channel. 
So. Do you mean our YouTube what? channel? It's not yours, like. Uh, yeah. Exclusively. It's not. It's not my YouTube channel. <laughs> it's really better than going on a first date, like. People could just sit at home and like. They'll be like, eat hell food no. And watch us for an hour. It'd be like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to watch us for an hour. If that's their. I'm just saying, it's like. It's like the equivalent of a date. Yeah. They get to go on a date with us and we don't. They can just. We get the luxury of not having to go on a date. Order takeout and watch us talking about whatever. Yeah. You get to. You'll, it's like, this is it. This is what it's like. <laughs> it's like unfiltered. Totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to do the outro? Or do you I have more to say? Outro. Do you I, have more to say? I. We didn't talk about one of my topics, but I don't think... I think we'll just talk about it next time. Okay. It's well, on the list. You seemed very stressed out just no. now. Okay. Tell me, tell me what's going on. Earlier there. this week, a virus tried to kill me. You want to end the damn show, but you're. I'm recovering. <laughs> okay. I don't have to end the show every time. You're the creative director. I know. I know. Do I have to do everything? We're paid the <laughs> same. We're paid the same amount. <laughs> Zero. (laughs) Uh, Please hit subscribe. Damn it. And and comment below and hit the notification bell. You can comment below. We'll we'll engage with you. So that you can be notified every time we upload one of our weekly videos on Fridays full of content that you didn't think you wanted to hear, but then realized you did. Subscribe, hit the bell, comment, and then do it again. Play the outro. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) That's perfect. That's a great screenshot right there. That's clickbait. Is this? That's real though. It's. Is this? This is the blooper. Is this the bloopers? Yes. I don't know, but that made me like tear up from laughter. All right. That's perfect. That's our outro. That's our intro and outro.